welcome to episode 503 of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Um, we have to do this again this week, but this one is a really extremely big blow to the professional wrestling universe, you could say, um, as it was reported early, late Tuesday night uh, into Wednesday morning that Road Warrior Animal uh, passed away of natural causes. Um, right after celebrating his wedding anniversary, uh, this is a tough one to swallow. I don't know about you, Brandon, but this one just stinks. Yeah, and he's only—he was only sixty years old. I know, I know. It's—it's it's real heartbreaking um, to one of the—you could say the—the the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. Yeah, arguably one of the best tag teams in professional wrestling history, alongside his partner Hawk, the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom. They inspired generations of not just tag team wrestlers, but guys of a bigger stature. Yeah. Um, Zubaz. Let's just talk. Yes. You got to get that. I wore my Zubaz last night to bed as tribute, and I'll probably wear them again to bed tonight. But And also, like, I, I, this is the first thing that I thought about, that field day at my elementary school. Everybody, they had the face painter, and everybody would be fa- putting the face paint gimmicks on. Every other kid, every other boy would be either a hawk or animal. It just shows you that how impressionable they were and how much of they you know, the big spikes. You know, they were in that era where wrestlers were larger than life. You had the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors. I remember back in the MySpace days um, doing up my hair with shampoo in a mohawk. <laughs> just to be just like and, animal. And in the early days of, of Photoshop, I would uh, paint on Road Warrior animal face paint and Road Warrior hawk face paint, and I would edit mustaches across my my chin my my chin my upper lip for hawk and <laughs> yeah. Um, and we we lost him this week. I I was I sat down yesterday Wednesday morning to do a bunch of editing work. I put on busted open. I was like really excited to listen to like like you know Impact Wrestling talk, and I hear you know Dave Lagreca, and I hear Tommy Dreamer crying, like literally crying because of this unforeseen mm. passing of Road Warrior Animal. I listened to Iron Man yesterday. It, it's it's a, it's really upsetting. Um, and so before we kick off the show and do well, our before we even do that, I just want to mention uh, we ha- I feel like we have to mention the Road Warrior pop. Yeah. Like, before Stone Cold Steve Austin, I think the loudest pops in wrestling history would be Stone Cold, The Rock, Road Warriors. Yeah, because they had the iconic the Iron Man, the bass drum hits, and people knew that they were coming out. Boom, boom. And all the it, way up until Animal's last match in WWE gets Heath Slater, always one of the loudest pops. Yeah. I was a big fan of Legion of Doom 2000, uh, one of my favorite Jack-specific bone-crunching action sets was LOD 2000. Yeah. I remember uh, marking out in 2003 when Kane and Rob Van Dam were tag team champions and Bischoff comes out and he's like, I said I was going to up the ante here and he pulls out the Legion of Doom for a, a tag team championship match against RVD and Kane, which was ending up to be Hawk's last televised match. Um, and I liked... I liked the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, when Animal returned in 2005 to team with Heidenreich. We, I, had, I had a conversation with Sal about that yesterday, and we kind of laughed about the Heidenreich uh, experience. Which uh, also turned out one of my favorite uh, Jack's Ruthless Aggression figures is the, the Heidenreich and Animal set. But 
Our condolences go out to his family, his friends. Uh, Joe Laurinaitis, Road Warrior Animal, will be incredibly missed. Yep. In this industry. I have his book, too, because somebody I used to work with at my old – the restaurant I used to work at was his publishing manager for that book. And she – I remember in the early days of Marking Out, she was like, hey, I can get you – I can get you Joe if you want to get him on. I was I was too, you know, markingly – Mark Mark scared, but <laughs> – Too shy. But, you know, he's left a legacy uh, for professional wrestling, just in, in not just professional wrestlers, but just professional wrestling in hold. And before we get to our normal chicanery, uh, we'd like to honor him. With a 10 bell salute. Welcome to the real show, the real online listening experience, marking out pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode 503, not 503, uh, and we thank you for listening. <laughs> because that that's, like, if you write a check, it's 503, you don't write 503, because that means you're putting three cents. Three cents, there. yeah. Yeah, so 503, we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Uh, several ways that you can subscribe to this uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, we're on Stitcher uh, we are also on Spotify if you're on those, make sure you rate, review and subscribe social media wise, facebook.com slash out, twitter.com slash out, youtube and instagram.com slash out 11 watch our videos, uh, we are up to almost 500 views, we are 500 views no, right? on, yeah, beyond 500 mass, now on the listen, mass PSA Good. Yeah. Wear your masks still, folks, because we are still in a pandemic and it's not getting any better. And that's going to be a major topic that we're talking about this week. Um, email us, marketout1 at gmail.com. We got to thank, we'll start off the show early. We got to thank Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. So you have 20% and free shipping. Um, and my name is Chris. And you can follow me on Twitter, Chris Sweendog. Dave will be joining the show later. And you can follow him at Dave the Rave underscore MO. And our social media influencer, Brandon, who you can follow on both Instagram and Twitter at BTTG161. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? It has been a hop, a hot dumpster fire of a week here in the Sweeney compound, but I'm going to start wearing a mask and you're going to call me uh, Flapjack from now on, on the show. I'm not Chris, I'm Flapjack, but even though you know it's actually me, I'm Flapjack now. I'm kidding. But anyway, uh, how was your week? It was it was uh, decent. I went to the eye doctor yesterday, got my 2020. Nice. All right, good for you. I'm not 2020 <laughs> at all. Uh, but more importantly, I made homemade tomato sauce. 
and okay. I made homemade meatballs. Okay. Ooh. Really good. I threw nice. some vodka in the the tomato sauce. Why? Uh, well, I heard that alcohol really mixes well with tomatoes. It brings out the flavors that you can't get anywhere else. Okay. Did it burn off, or did you try and just mix yeah, it yeah, in? no, I, yeah, okay. it burned off. So cool. Threw Solid. Some absolute. Yeah, and it was really good. I, I soaked the uh, the breadcrumbs in milk. Didn't use an egg. Just uh, just used those breadcrumbs with the milk. It was like sand, wet sand. Okay. Fresh parsley. Nice. Spices, etc. Delicious. Nice. Excellent. Good for you. Good for you. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, it's been, as I said, it's been a hot garbage week here at the Sweeney household. Um, but first of all, I'm glad that we recorded the podcast. There's our part Thursday afternoon because unfortunately um, I had to take – as you heard him, we should have two ten bell salutes this week, um, because our family bird beaker of nine years uh, passed away last Thursday night, um, and it was the worst uh, thing, uh, one of the worst things I've ever had to do in my life. It sucked, and he uh, crossed the I rainbow bridge. What? I did not know that. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> this week sucks. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, I'm dealing with a rodent problem in my backyard too, so I had to have a. Uh, Exterminator, come and put some gimmicks up. What kind of rodent? Um, splinters. Yeah. What, what is a um, splinter? Look, a rat. Yeah. Oh, um, splinter. Okay, master yeah. splinter. I was like, what the hell is a splinter? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at one right now by my back fence just sitting there eating the grass, and I just want to shoot it with something. It's really pissing me off. Maybe um, you should uh, paint your face black and white and go over and play with it. No, I'm good. Like, uh, like uh, what's his name? Thanks. Seven was it? Not seven. That was WCW. What was his name in TNA? What? Uh, Goldust when he had the rat. Oh man, I don't remember. But and it like continue on. Um, the only positive was I did you know as I spoke about last week. Uh, Lashana Tovada, everybody. I live streamed the uh, Jewish holidays at my father in law's temple, and uh, only positives came from that. So everybody was stoked about that. You know, the rabbi did, was happy about it. Did you have apples and honey? Um, no, I ate brisket. I had a lot of brisket. Oh, brisket, delicious. Brisket was good. We had some challah at the house. Challah? You know? Who says it like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, uh, that's been my week. Um, yeah, and looking forward to positive things as uh, we were now in fall. So that's pretty good. So now you can yeah. have all the pumpkin spice lattes you want, Brandon. We missed all the seasons. I know. We, well, yeah, we just missed spring and summer. They they already announced that they're canceling New Year's Eve, so, you know. They canceled New Year's Eve. Apparently the CDC is saying that you shouldn't be doing trick-or-treating and going out in large masses and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, we're spinning it into a Because it's pot. like, that's, that's exactly what I want is for people to knock on my door and it's like, oh, here. Yeah, you just, you, you just have to strategically place candy bags on your front doorstep. Like, take one. They're six even apart. even that though I don't even see like the, people are just like oh let me grab all these candies at once I saw touch. one person had a video they set up like a PVC pipe <laughs> and they would like shoot the they would like as like a shoot they would I like, like that. drop the candy bar down into somebody's basket or whatever that's cool um, but we're spinning that to a pot so like the night before Halloween we're gonna have a, a, an outdoor movie night in the backyard we're gonna make it Halloween theme we're gonna watch that new Adams Family that came out at some point this year oh, I thought you were gonna say Adam's fa- uh, Adam Sandler movie that's coming out 
No, no, we're not watching that. That stacked but. cast, the uh, the reunion of uh, Happy Gilmore reunion. Really? Yeah, with uh, with Julie Bowen and Adam Sandler. I knew nothing about this. I made a yeah. It's a, it's it's who is like I think it's called Hooby Halloween or something. Okay. It, it oh. looks really bad, but it's got a just an absolute stacked cast, and I'm definitely gonna watch it and enjoy the hell out of it. Oh, sick. Um, it's on Netflix, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you, have you seen all the stuff about like people wanting to cancel Netflix because of this documentary that's on there? Uh, Cuties. Oh, it's not a documentary. It's an actual film. Oh, uh, whatever it is. But it's it's yeah. a, it's, a, it's a film or it's a no no it's an actual like movie. It's a movie. Oh, it's a oh. I was told that it was like a documentary. No, it's a movie. Oh, okay. Well, listen, they really, you know, when kids came out in freaking the 90s, no one, what, uh, I'm not going to get on this because it's going to get me angry, more angry than I am <laughs> already today, and I want to spoke about some positive things, and that's been some positive stuff in Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling ruled this week. Uh, as you start off the show with a number one contenders match, as Trey Miguel defeated both Chris Bay and TJP, Outstanding! This is like what the X Division is all about. This style yeah, match. once once again, those double moves that TJP pulls out are really, really good. Yeah, it's um, really but cool. He had to cash in his number one contendership immediately after as Rohit Raju runs in, grabs the tights, and rolls up for the win. Which I think yeah, is, very cheap, extremely cheap. They have to do an Ultimate X match with all four of them. I know they have do. to. It has to. It has and to by the way, I had no idea that Victory Road was going to be a thing. Yeah. It happens before. It's the night before takeover. It's the night before takeover. Yeah, it's oh. next weekend. Oh, really? Wow! And it's only on Impact Plus, right? I believe so. Uh, so th- that's not something I'm going to be watching. Well, but... you can get if you Ow. you can get Impact Plus for 30 days for free. Yeah, I don't need that. I'd rather get that for Bound for Glory. Yeah, true. Sure, because that looks like it's going to be an awesome card. After that, though, we saw Eric Young cutting a promo. Putting all the blame for whatever's going to be happening to Rich Swan on Rich Swan and Scott D'Amore. Uh, after that match, we saw Susie defeat Kimberly, uh, which had a goofy ref spot, but it led to uh, Susie doing some Sue Young spot to win, which I'm always a fan of. Yeah, and I, I heard I, this is the first time I think I heard her music. It's so creepy. Oh, it's very creepy. Yeah, play that I, on loop on Halloween for sure. Perfect. Um, see, listen, that's the thing you can do social distancing wise. Just play music outside <laughs> your house. It's really creepy. You had uh, Deanna Perrazzo attack Susie and Kylie afterwards. Kylie was able to take her out and uh, laid out the challenge for the imp- the impact, the knockouts championship for, at Bound for Glory. She's been the number one contender for, for a lot of months now, weeks Feels yeah, like well, she months, was stuck. In, she was stuck in Wrestle House. Yeah, so uh, Kylie laid that challenge out. So probably Bound for Glory, Kylie Ray versus uh, Deanna Perrazzo for the Knockouts Championship. What I read this week was that Deanna Perrazzo could be a free agent soon. Apparently, she only signed a, a short-term commitment to Impact, hmm. but she. I think they're going to extend her after you know the uh, what she has been doing, which has been fantastic. After this, we saw a Heath redacted promo, which I thought was funny uh, that he had redacted in there. I I could have done without the shot at Vince McMahon, but all the and see, this is like this is where I 
I don't know how, like, now all of a sudden all these celebrities are part of Impact history. Yeah. <laughs> cameo. You had David Hasselhoff, Flavor Flav, Nancy Kerrigan, Chuck Norris, uh, all on Cameo to help promote Heath for Impact. I saw later on Impact posted a Dog the Bounty Hunter one. Oh, really? He, yeah. D'Lo Brown was also in this spot. And uh, I think it'd be funny... I thought this was fantastic. I thought it was what you know how yeah, much it is to so get a cameo well from David his... Hasselhoff. Yeah, wait, wait, what? You know how much it is to get a cameo from David Hasselhoff? Is it like a thousand or three hundred bucks? Three hundred bucks. Wow. Okay, less so... than Neil Sedaka. Okay, <laughs> then uh, who else is on there? Flavor Flav, right? Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty. Chuck Norris is probably the most. Look up Nancy Kerrigan next. She's got to be cheaper. Nancy Kerrigan was fifty bucks. All right, so now yeah, we're at six hundred dollars well. that they've spent so far on this Heath promo. What about Dog the Bounty Hunter? Before we look up Chuck, Dog the Bounty Hunter is two fifty. Chuck so, Norris has to be six. Has to be six. Come on, give me six. <laughs> give me six. Give me six. Give me six. Three hundred. Oh come on, you're Chuck <laughs> Norris. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean they're spending some money on. I thought this was the whole time. I was laughing hysterically at this, and Rachel was looking at me like, "What is going on here?" <laughs> This I, you have to assume that this was like inspired by Dark Order, maybe. Perhaps. I don't think so. Because With Sinbad, the way that... come on! All of a sudden, Sinbad gets joining the Dark Order via cameo, and now Heath has all these cameos. But yeah, the, the way that like Rhino came off too, where you can tell he's yeah. blatantly reading, it was hilarious. It was so I, I, well done. I, I was so his... tempted during this to go to. Um, Wherever they can get the shirt and buy a Heath for Impact shirt. I, I thought it would be funny if they had, like, an Impact star do a cameo, and they're like, well, I don't really care if Heath gets signed. Like a <laughs> Brian Myers cameo or something. Yeah, true. Real funny. Uh, but after after that uh, promo, we saw the Motor, City's mach- Motor City Machine Guns backstage, and the Good Brothers came up saying that uh, Motor City should be thanking them. The Rascals showed up super pissed and challenged the Good Brothers on uh, the basis of earning respect. So that match was set up, which uh, after that promo we lead into, or segment, we lead into an EC3 promo on Moose, and he gives Moose's number out, and I think it might have been a shoot number. Oh my god, can we call it? I, I think it's disconnected now, but somebody tweeted us saying that they did call and somebody did pick up, so... Oh really? And then and then somebody called after that and it was already disconnected. Oh my god. That's great. <laughs> That's like yeah. uh Pat Buck Psycho Sid. Remember that? Yes, With of course PWS? I remember that. Oh, that was great. After that segment we saw Taya Valkyrie questioning Rosemary about where she was again last week. Cuts into Johnny Bravo gathering the Deaners. Uh, Crazy Steve, Fala Ba, Johnny Swinger, and Alicia Edwards as part of his groomsmen. Uh, and then Tommy, I like, tried to set up. A, he goes, match <laughs> yeah. time. He just like, pops Wrestle out of the House. corner. Yeah, and they're like, this isn't Wrestle House. Yeah, he's like, Tommy, that doesn't work here. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But uh, just a segment there to, to get everybody there together. Uh, leads into Eric Young attacking the Deaners during their entrance for a match. Uh, Jake at one point makes the save, but turns his back on Eric Young. Eric Young continues the attack, puts it all on Scott DMR. 
Scotty comes out, tries to talk EY down. Eric Young's not having it. He puts his hands on him. Eddie Edwards runs down, jumps Eric Young. Eddie yells at Scott, why is Rich Swan getting the shot and not me? Yeah. And Scott gives him the match for Victory Road. It's an interesting main event match. For, for Oh, it's for Victory Road. That's right. Okay, sorry. I flip-flopped myself. My apologies. Yeah, so, I yeah, believe uh, Bound, Eric Bound Young has glory, a... Uh, what's that? Bound for Glory would be Rich Swan versus Eric Young. Yes. Or, or, or whoever is the champion, I guess. Yes, yes. Um, next up, you had Sammy Callahan lose to RVD. Then Katie Forbes got five minutes alone with Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan then goes and hits a pile driver on Katie Forbes, and he got what he wanted. Yeah, thankfully it ends with that. Hopefully she's out for weeks. Months, um, maybe. Commentary during this. Josh Matthews brings up maybe father time catching up to Rob Van Dam. And I texted you about this. I was like, I feel like RVD needs to find a different style to work than what he's known for. Because it's very slow and, for me, very hard to watch. It's not Rob Van Dam anymore. Yeah. Just work a di- Like, and everybody's still... I, I can't believe... I don't remember what year, if it was like 2013, maybe, when RVD returned to WWE at Barclays to take on Jericho. Right. And people were losing their mind over that match. And I just looked at that. And I'm like, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. Still, I, don't, I do not like that match. And it just got progressively, like... Less and less RVD over the years, and it's just like I, I don't, I don't know, man. And, and adding the Katie Forbes stuff to it, it's just like it's just not. I'm not a fan of it at all. Yeah. After this, we saw Ace Austin and Madman Fulton claim that they should be next in line to be tag team or get a tag team championship shot. North cuts it off. And told them to prove it to them next week. So that'll be a match next week's impact. Uh, and then Caleb with a K came out to introduce Tennille. Tennille defeats Jordan Grace. This match uh, just wasn't working for me. I I could I thought the the work was good, but I don't know why this was a main event match. Like I like. Tennille. I'm a huge fan of Tennille. I like Jordan Grace. This match specifically just did not work for me. Tennille at one point almost lands on her neck during the Michinoku driver. Thank goodness yeah. she didn't. Um, and then Impact ends with Eddie Edwards on his way out and gets jumped by an unknown person. Who do you think it could be? Slapjack. No, it's uh, Ice Pick. T-Boz. <laughs> Chili. <laughs> I just got that. That's great. Um, one thing we didn't talk about was the backstage segment with Brian Myers and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. how did I skip over that? I, what made one of the highlights for me, especially I want to see a match between these guys. Absolutely, hell yeah! I don't Wrestling. know if it's going to be Victory Road or Bound for Glory, but absolutely do I. That was like that was a hard to watch segment. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's been. It's extremely, extremely public that, you know, 
Brian Myers thanks Tommy Dreamer for a lot of the things in his career, getting him a job at WWE, you know, yeah. looking out for him when he got fired the first time. It seemed uh, I, I can only assume that he looked out for him the second time he got fired by getting him this Impact gig. Um, so, yeah, and so Tommy Myers Dreamer's kind of and Myers it, was it, acting like a brat. But hey, listen, it's a and Tommy. Again, to Tommy, Tommy always has Brian Myers' best interests at hand. Brian doesn't think so, and he refused to clean up the mess that he did, that he made. Yeah. If so if had... this leads to a match, I don't know if they've ever wrestled before. I would have to assume yes, but again, I don't know. Yeah, I, I forget it also. So, so I would definitely be uh, looking out for that match. Hell yeah. And that was uh, Impact Wrestling. Another great week. Moving over after this, you had Late Night Dynamite on Tuesday. I completely forgot about it until I saw people talking about the uh, the second match. And I was like, wait, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And I go to the channel. I, I watch it from the beginning. This, I just didn't understand why this was happening. Hey, just another another way. Maybe <laughs> another, a way to get the basketball audience yeah, in Yeah, they with... had a huge lead-in with the Lakers, but... Uh, Scorpio Sky picks up a victory over Ben Carter. Ben Carter is a name I had no idea who he was. Uh, apparently Britt Baker found him, quote unquote, on the indies. I believe he did a GCW show and she watched it, told Tony Khan about it, showed Tony Khan. Tony Khan's like, yeah, sure, let's sign him. Or not even sign him, let's have him here. Ben Carter should be signed to AEW, and I hope he does, because this blew me away. Yeah. And it's an absolute shame that Scorpio Sky versus Ben Carter was not on Dynamite, so more people saw it. No. Because this was a really good match. He's not going to be on... uh, He won't be on... uh, What's it called? All Elite Wrestling for a couple weeks now, after uh, saying that he has COVID. Oh, he Ben Carter has COVID. Yeah, what? The, what? What? The, all the whole GCW people. What the yeah. hell? Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that's like whatever. So the next match you had Anna J defeat Brandy. Uh, it's awesome to see Anna J get a win over Brandy, especially when you're not expecting to see her go over. Uh, yeah. And then the main event, you saw Sean Spears defeat Matt Seidel. Uh, Scorpio Sky chased. Uh, Sean Spears away after the match. So I think we're going to be seeing Scorpio Sky and Matt Seidel teaming up, maybe, perhaps. This is the second show that Matt Seidel was on this week because he was also on Ring of Honor. Oh. This this week as well. So it kind of shows you, like, he's everywhere and anywhere. AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite opens up with a Road Warrior Animal Bumper. Rightfully you have so. To. You have to. But we have to talk about the, the, the big news that happened before. Earlier in the day, it came out that Lance Archer tweeted out that he, uh, unfortunately, was diagnosed with COVID-19. So he couldn't be there that night. So things changed. You know, as, as you know, it's a live show. So things could change at the instant. Uh, it was then later pointed out that John Moxley would be defending his AEW World Championship that night instead of being a six-man Against Eddie Kingston. And this is something that, you know, we had text message conversations about yesterday, but I wanted to, I said, let's stop this right here because I want to save this for the show. Go back to what you said in that text message, Brandon. 
Well, I'm going to change my language, but I said it's going to kind of make Lance Archer look bad here because I saw way too many tweets saying upgrade. Yes, I understand that, but that's to the smart wrestling fan. Again, Lance Archer, you know, they had Lance... I don't think... I don't think... I mean, me personally, I freaking love Eddie Kingston. And these guys have fought before in CZW. These guys have fought back in an ICW show in 2011. So me as a smart wrestling fan and knowing these guys' backgrounds, this was something that kind of drew me more to this episode of Dynamite over, let's say... You know, big, um, I'm trying to think of the right word here. To let's say the John Moxley Lance Archer feud, I don't think it makes Lance Archer look bad. Hey, I, I have to, I, I have to commend Lance Archer for coming out and saying, "Hey, listen, I have COVID nineteen. I'm not going to be able to, you know, wrestle for a couple weeks." He yeah. said he'll be back in, you know, the two weeks. He'll be there for his championship match at the, you know, the one year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. I'm over Lance Archer and, and Moxley anyway because of their that one match that they did in New Japan that was just like for me brutal to get through. But I, I don't think I don't think I don't think all. it was an upgrade. I think for AEW Dynamite, I thought for the show itself on September twenty third, I thought this was an upgrade for the main event. Because it would be a spot fest with, you know, Darby Allen probably taking out a skateboard full of, uh, you know, uh, blight tubes and jumping on somebody or, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But I thought it was a, a, a good way to uh, start off. The first uh, match of the evening, show. first match of Dynamite, we saw Miro teaming up with Kip Sabian to defeat Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. I liked Janela's promo beforehand where it just like ends with him. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Kind of like million a, dollar man, real um, life, and and he also uses real life in that promo to bring up that he's been there before with Penelope Ford. Yeah, he's been down that road. Um, I liked Miro's pyro during this segment, yeah. but I'm kind of torn on this match. It was it was all over the place. I feel like I thought that Miro actually legitimately hurt himself. But yeah. he's a you know he's a soldier of his craft, and he you know I thought Kip Sabian almost really hurt himself with that backflip over the uh, the, the barricade. Oh, yeah, yeah, which you know I, was, I don't know I don't know if, like maybe I didn't like this because I just really don't like the Miro Sabian storyline. Yeah, because and, like, and, and, like somebody like somebody like Miro. No offense to him, but like they're making him a gamer. You know, he comes out, he does yeah. the game over camel clutch finisher. Like, come on, this guy's, he was the, the, the Moscow, whatever, regardless. That's, you know, go to manscaped.com, use that and get 20% off. Um, I, I don't know. He should be a brute. He should. The Bulgarian brute. But again, it, that could be just like us not giving it time. Maybe yeah. like the wedding night or whatever happens. I have no idea. I don't know where this is leading to. I just don't like the fact that he's being treated like that. And I also did not. I, it might have been a slip of the tongue there. I did not expect to hear the finisher be called the accolade. Yeah, I think it maybe have been a slip of the tongue. Because I definitely think that's uh, intellectual property from WWE. But but who knows? I don't know. Chris Jericho got his stuff back. So who knows if that's a thing. Yeah, uh, but right directly but after you also, this match, you said it was it was called the game over, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, so... Instead of Rusev Crush, you want Game Over, the, the, the gimmick. Yeah. So... That leads into Eddie Kingston coming out hot to talk on the the microphone about his match with John Moxley. Honestly, he he's called, so good. He calls the people in the crowd morons and they cheer, so maybe they are morons. <laughs> uh, and then he calls out John Moxley, and it leads to a commercial break. Mox comes out to commercial break. What? I, I didn't understand that. Well, I. Again, they pulled him apart during the commercial break. They just want to show you, hey, these guys are really getting into it. You know, can't wait to see what's going to happen in the main event tonight. But uh, next up after this, after the commercial break, you have Hangman Page picking up the victory over Evo Uno. Kenny Omega's on commentary again. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness, was it terrible. He was speaking during the introduction. Yeah, you're just seeing this new side to Kenny Omega. Um, and Hangman Page uh, picks up the buckshot lariat, picks up the uh, the one two three ski. I think the fans were in luck getting to watch this match live without Omega on commentary. <laughs> yep, we're uh, you know we're but not. This Kenny this Omega again, marks. by the way, this again, uh, this led to speculation that maybe there's a lot more people that have COVID on that AEW roster because. Stu Grayson was absent from Dark Order because Alex Reynolds was absent from Dark Order. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, uh, you know, whoever, whatever, they, uh, Mark Ross Sapp, or whatever his name is, Sean, from Fightful. Sean Ross what, Sapp. Uh, who cares? I only listen to Ryan Sapp. He's the man. Um, yeah, Sean Ross Sapp, he got scoops. What do you mean? Yeah, whatever. Uh, but anyway, like, they're saying, like, you know, but here's, here's the thing, and this is what I was getting, and, and we were having, me and you were having a conversation via text last night about this stuff. Again, I go back to my point that says that AEW gets put underneath this microscope for anything that's going on in a negative. Well, to you be know, fair, WWE also got put under a microscope for this as well. But also, what happened earlier in the week? It's just that AEW was testing. AEW's testing. NXT, so every, apparently the Performance Center was COVID hit hard earlier in the week that they were canceling classes and this yeah, and everything. I, but that wasn't a bit – that wasn't – the big story like AEW was because I, no I think it was a big story it just didn't get out who it was I know people were speculating Samoa Joe because he was off of Raw yeah but and, again, and maybe but, Bad News Barrett but yeah but uh, but again it's 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 frustrating me that AEW is the bad guy here because I testing- think what it is though I think what it is like NXT it didn't happen the day of AEW it was announced the day of yeah so that that's why certain and people even, weren't there I I think that's why it was more like spread apart we had a name and then we had multiple people missing from Dynamite yeah like- as opposed to NXT there was you really couldn't tell who was missing but also too, I know, and I know you're going to talk about NXT later in the show. Do you think that Eliminator that they ha- they had would have been different guys if not for these COVID, you know, positive tests? No, really, I don't. You think because it, you, they, everybody there was getting? They were already getting those pushes. Even the person they were that already they, they well look at they they were already doing stuff with Kushida. They were already doing stuff with Bronson Reed. Cameron Grimes has been up there as well. Yeah. Okay. 
So. Okay, I, I, that, that just that just was what irked, just irked me last night because I'm like I'm like I'm pretty sure that I heard earlier in the week that at WWE and the Performance Center had a huge COVID spike. I but, think it's just because there were names attached to this. Yeah, that and, it know, was more uh, eyes on this more, especially the day of the show, especially while they were still advertising Lance Archer to be there. Um. But more COVID speculation. Tony Schiavone interviews Matt Jackson, who said that the Young Bucks shouldn't have done what they did. And then he takes Tony Schiavone's phone, smashes it against the wall, and uh, threw Tony some money. But they were talking to Nick Jackson, who was not on camera, who was not there vocally. We We didn't hear Nick Jackson. So there's more speculation of COVID. So I don't know. Obviously, we have no idea if that's true or not, whether or not Nick has COVID, whether or not anybody there has COVID. Maybe they're doing maybe they're doing two days of maybe they heard about the initial spike of COVID from like a Lance Archer or something like that. Maybe like, hey, listen, we're not going to need you for this, this show. Why don't you stay home so we can, you know, kind of keep everybody you know, Colcavetta was it? No, he was there. Sorry, my apologies. My apologies on that. They yeah. Keep everybody away from each other, just in case something happens. So then tomorrow, if they do another, they do another taping today. They'll have you know we could run tests again and then see what's what's going on. Yeah, so, we won't know anything until we see something next week. Yes, absolutely. And see what next next week's show looks like. We had Brody Lee defending the TNT Championship against Orange Cassidy. Picks up the victory. I thought this match was awesome. Is it not, though, very bizarre that Orange Cassidy wasn't a quick match? Like, to me, like, should Cody? I'm, like, so torn on that. Why? Should that match with Cody not have been a total squash? For, For Brody Lee, I think it was, like, three minutes. No offense whatsoever. No, nothing. Cody Rhodes was just getting annihilated in that match. Dustin goes for, like, 20 minutes with him the week after. Orange Suspend Cassidy, your disbelief. It's a normal match. Like wh- I don't understand what like what was in Cody's head or something. Yeah, I don't know. I'll how tell you what it was. It must have been. It must have been the bleach because after this match, you see a <laughs> new side. Great, right? Great segue. Uh, you see a different side of Cody come back. Dark hair, looking evil, comes in and just completely demolishes the entire Dark Order. Yeah, which I have to assume that was hair dye, right? That doesn't just happen. Yeah, I feel like a pterodactyl. He's letting it grow back. Yeah, that doesn't surely. just happen. But he looks super emo, and I, I thought I thought my tweet <laughs> like, was like um, Spider Man Three. Remember? Yeah, and I yeah. thought my I thought my tweet was super funny, and you were like, "Go back to tweeting about NXT." Yeah, like, oh, because yeah, because you're you're tweeting about NXT, 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 and then one thing about AEW, and it was hilarious. Be- How could I not take the opportunity to tweet out lyrics to "I Miss You" by Blink One Eighty Two with the GIF of Cody coming out last night? Uh, I didn't even know that was "I Miss You" by. Uh, what do you mean? Blink- Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I'm not the the, the, the old school Blink One Eighty Two fan. California, great what? record. Yeah, what does I don't that like. Do you like new Blink One Eighty Two? Yeah, when they Wait, got rid of. When they got rid of. Wait a minute, yeah. hold on. You don't like old Blink One Eighty Two, like no. Tom 
No, I hate Tom. Tom is the worst. What? Tom was, what are you talking about? Why is he the worst to you? Like vocal wise or like vocal wise? It was so annoying. And Matt Skiba has added such a dynamic now to this that band. Is an absolute hot take that you will not hear anywhere else but here. I know. And people are like, "No, I like the old Blink One Eighty Two. I'm like, "What? No, dude. I've listened to them, dude. Like old Blink now, and it's just like no." No. I mean, I get them. They're like, you know, one of the the pioneers of that pop punk era. But honestly, I thought bringing Matt Skiba into the band and, you know, the lead singer of the Alcon Trio added this new dynamic. California is an incredible album. I incredible. Think, I think their, their first album after Tom left was complete garbage, but their newest album was much better. Oh, no, California is the one that right after the, the album after Tom left. And then now this then new one. Garbage. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> no. But Built after, cool. after Great Cody song. took out Dark Order, you had Brody Lee yelling at Cody. Sets up, I think it sets up a dog collar match. So now do you think uh, now we're going to see Cody bleed again? <laughs> oh, I'm like, come on. Hello. Is grass green? No. Is My grass right blue? now is not green. <laughs> is the sky blue? Should I have said that? Because the vanilla sky is blue. Those Which, really uh, again, like this could be a, a really good match, but why... Like, I need some sort of explanation as to why Cody was so weak in their first match. He'll probably come out next week and cut a promo, you know, so. After yeah. this, we saw Hardy Party come out. Um, Matt, Matt still, he's still here. He's going to go home and get better. Yeah, Matt spoke about who could have attacked him last week. He brought up Jake Hager and Chris Jericho and how they're prime suspects. Inner Circle came out, brought Sammy Guevara out. Uh, and said that it wasn't him and kind of goaded Matt Hardy into challenging him. And then Private Party was like, you're not cleared, Matt. And Isaiah Cassidy challenged Chris Jericho for next week. I Let's hear your thoughts on this segment. I mean, like, Sammy Guevara was back like two weeks ago. Why do you have to reintroduce him? Well, I guess because he was taken out injured or whatever. But, I mean, Jericho versus Isaiah Cassidy, I'm about yeah. it. Again, Jericho working with young talent. Get these guys in the ring with one of the best of all times. And by the way, October 7th, we're going to have the 30th anniversary of Chris Jericho in wrestling. Yeah, which is crazy that it's been five years already since the MSG show that I went to. About 25 years of Jericho? Yeah. Mm. Mm. They had that really cool Y2J Ranger shirt that I wish they sold in my size, but... Yeah. Next After up. this, we saw Tony Schiavone interview FTR in the ring. It sets up FTR versus SCU in a, if I'm not mistaken, a 20-minute time limit match where if they go beyond the 20 minutes, FTR gets the win. It's a brush of greatness match. They're going to bring in a bunch of tag teams that are going to have a brush of greatness with the great FTR. But am I right Essentially, with that? Essentially, it's a new way of, of an open... It's a new open challenge. But am I right with that? Where if they go over the time limit, FTR wins? Well, yeah. I mean, it's not, the the match is not void and FTR wins because the other, uh, the other one could... Uh, the other uh, team could beat them. Uh, so then they end up Couldn't calling the best friends match a glorified backyarder match. Uh, and the best friends came out, almost led into an actual match. And Dash Wilder's like, "No, no, no, no! You guys, you guys aren't at a hundred percent, so we're leaving." Top guys out. I guess they uh, were able to, to keep that. Yeah, yeah. 
Match after this, we saw Hikaru Shida teaming up with Thunder Rosa, the AEW Women's Champion and the NWA Women's Champion, uh, defeat Ivelisse and Diamante. This match was super short, and I think it needed way more time for for what happened last week, for the fact that it's the AEW and NWA Women's Champions in the same match teaming up. I think this, this match needed way more time than it was given. There was like nothing to this. Yeah, I I agree. I agree, but again, you know, it's it's hyping up another match between Cheetah and Thunder Rosa. By the way, Bravo Thunder Thunder Rosa with the face paint. Why? Some strike while as sad as it sounds, you have to strike while the iron's hot, and Thunder Rosa did just that. What you didn't realize her face paint was War Royal. Oh, I did not. Wow. Too busy tweeting about Mm. NXT. Well, I mean, I watched AEW right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, true. But that's really cool. Um, I think the the best moment of Dynamite took place next, where Chris Jericho was being interviewed. He gets cut off by MJF, who was on Jericho's side, and then they go back and forth complimenting each other, and then both at the same time question why each other called each other a loser. Yeah. And I thought that was so funny. It was a nice little segment based off of last week's opening with uh, Tony Schiavone and the limo driver. And then they both team up and, and uh, make fun of the limo driver and Schiavone. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, your main event saw John Moxley pick up the victory over Eddie Kingston. Uh, you could say by Eddie Kingston passing out. He never submit. Never gave up. This match. Neither- what? I was going to say, neither of us could have expected this match at all. Like, we spoke about that And this match should be as great as it was. <laughs> you know, this had a very Japanese style to it. Very hard-hitting, a lot of chops. I, like, was watching the match, and every chop that Eddie Kingston was throwing at Moxley, I was like, oh, that's got to hurt. Yeah, and even after they announced Kingston versus Moxley, you go to CZW right away. And I don't think we would have expected this match to be so unhardcore. It was more of like a very, as I said, Japanese, very strong style. However, I did a little research. Wasn't a fan of the match. But. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley have met three times previously. Um, twice in CZW in 2009 in a multi in multi man matches, and then for the first time in singles action at ICW in 2011. That was brought by Twitter user JSG8221976. And then they also had the match on there. It's on t- uh, Title Match Wrestling Network. So check that out. So, Lucha Bros you. come out afterwards, attack John Moxley. Will Hobbs makes the save, eventually gets taken out. Uh, Darby runs out to try and take them out, but Stark spears the heck out of him, and they all beat down John Moxley, Will Hobbs, and Darby Allinge. Brian Cage yeah, absent. Another more Melissa spec- Santos absent from from Impact this past week from the 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 commercial breaks. So from I the wonder stream, if yeah. that had. Wonder if that had anything. You, you, it's only speculation until something actually comes out saying that. And I do hope that's not true. Yeah, I know. I hope. It's I, not I true. was very disappointed that Melissa Santos wasn't there this week, but I enjoyed Tommy Dreamer. I didn't know who the other guy was. I he just sounded no, not to be offensive, but he sounded very <laughs> Canadian to me. And he was. Uh, he he was the host of the Thursday night show they have on the Twitch channel. I forget. I forget his name. I'm so sorry about that. Um, but yeah, we'll see what is up in the air next week for AEW Dynamite. Um, 
we'll see. I guess Cody and Brody Brody. I almost called him Brody King. I miss Brody King. Um, Brody uh, Brody Lee will have some sort of their feud going f- going further. Uh, maybe a tag team match with Darby. Uh, maybe we'll get a six man match next week. You'll have Kingston and Pentagon and Phoenix versus Moxley, Darby Allen and Will Hobbs. Um, most likely, yeah. Most likely, and uh, we'll see what else goes on in the world of all elite wrestling. Um, but yeah, that's your AW Impact talk. We're going to take a quick break and we'll get into the WWE portion of the show with a, some, a few words from us about Manscaped. Support for Marketing Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. As I said last week, Manscaped on board with Marking Out. Use the coupon code REGARDLESS. Save 20% off and free shipping. Um, I said it last week. I went. I got uh, another attachment for my buzzer. I got the foot spray, too. Hopefully, that'll be in the mail soon. Stoked about that. I've been using my Lawnmower 3.0, and I have to say, it works, it works fantastically. Works fantastically. So, yeah, manscaped.com. Use the coupon code regardless. Save 20% off and free shipping. And let's kick it to Brandon and Dave for some WWE talk. That's right, Chris. I'm joined here with Dave. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me (laughs) on. Thanks for having me. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing great. Had a great week and, uh, you know, looking forward to recording this podcast. How about you? I'm still doing awesome as always. Getting over always to some that. sports entertainment. And let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. I felt like that was a really heavy, heavily done. Yeah. By the way, uh, this is the uh, anniversary week of our Aru. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the birth wow. of Aru for us. That's that's pretty impressive. But you know? Monday Night Raw opens with Retribution uh, taking over the video package, the opening video package at first, and uh, then they actually open Monday Night Raw to reveal that they all got contracts. It's Mia Yim, it's Dio Madden, Mercedes Martinez, uh, Dijakovic, and Shane Thorne. Um. The, the main thing that that uh, Dijakovic was saying was that they want to train people like them as opposed to how WWE trains people. And then the Hurt Business came out. Retribution fled. MVP and Bobby Lashley spoke about um, or went to, went to speak about something and more members of Retribution jumped up and attacked them. Later on, Retribution spoke about uh, saying that they're going to be facing them in a match, main event. They also end up, not to jump ahead, they beat up Humberto Carrillo and Titus O'Neil later on. Um, and we also saw the Hurt Business attacking no-name members of Retribution. Which did nothing. <laughs> but we saw later on as well, Retribution now have different names. Yes. Shane Thorne is Slapjack. Uh, Dijakovic is T-Bar. Terrorize, Brutalize, Annihilation, Retribution. Dio Madden is Mace. Uh, the women weren't given names uh, up until recently where on Twitter, Mia Yim, I guess, is Reckoning, which based off of trademarks, that leaves Mercedes Martinez to be Retaliation. Right. So, and what's funny is uh, Damian Priest finisher is the same name. The Reckoning. The, yeah. Hmm. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's it's very I don't know what to why. Why are they doing that? You know? It, obviously it was made a, as a huge joke by the entire wrestling universe, I believe. I, don't I, think I, I mean, a positive thing to say about according it. to the news sites, it was met with a lot of laughter backstage. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't know. I And a lot of people obviously were making fun of the whole. It looks like Bane. Yeah, I guess so. But the first match know, I, of the I, evening I just, we saw. Hold on, hold on. I was just I'm just going to say that I think that the best the only way to really save this is obviously somebody gave them contracts, right? Because the big question is why would somebody give these people contracts after invading and this and that? What if it's Triple H trying to show how the Raw and SmackDown creative team has lost such touch where they're taking the people that he has pretty much created and destroy destroying them with gimmicks? And names. And this is just them going along with it just to prove a point. That's you know that's a possibility. I thought maybe Adam Pierce could be in on it. <laughs> Perhaps. Why what? Why 
Pierce. Well, because he's always like, no, Retribution will not get, be getting in here, and then Retribution gets in. There's only one. <laughs> way, somebody's leaking Retribution um, into the the locker room. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that it's one of those. We're just proving a point, and now that our point is made, you know our names, and this is what we're going to be doing. You know, but yeah, let's move on. Andrade and Angel Garza defeated. Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins, as well as Dominic Mysterio and Umberto Carrillo to become number one contenders for the Tag Team Championships. Street Profits were on commentary. Zelina Vega was nowhere in in sight. She was fed up with them last week and left them. And then uh, Seth Rollins left Buddy Murphy by himself, and Angel Garza hit the wing clipper to win. It was a weird, um, I think, a weird way to have Umberto Carrillo return, but... Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, after that, we saw the KO show with Shane McMahon to promote Braun Strowman versus Daba Kato on... Uh, I almost said Lucha Underground. On Raw Underground, uh, Shane had Daba Kato come out, and based on what happened two weeks ago, Kevin Owens slaps him across the face. And Shane stops him from attacking Kevin Owens. And then KO brings out Braun Strowman. And Aleister Black attacks Kevin Owens. And nothing happens further with Braun and Dabakato until later on in the night. Kind of, yeah. uh, I Which, don't know. It was kind of weird because it just stopped there. Yeah, it just randomly ended, which it was it was weird. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Dabakato and KO as well. Yeah, but Charlie Caruso interviewed Drew McIntyre before his match about uh, competing with a fractured jaw. And she also questioned his friendship with Keith Lee. And he said that they're still friends and how everybody in the company should want to be WWE champion. So he gets it. But their match, Drew McIntyre defeats Keith Lee via disqualification. Um, and before we talk about the disqualification, I feel like we should mention how I believe I have said last week, every single week, Keith Lee has had different gear. Yeah. This week he was wearing a singlet, uh, top with his normal trunks. Um, and I don't know how you felt about this match, but for me, this was a boring match. I agree with you. I did find it very boring. Um, it... It didn't do too much for me. I, I Maybe it's because we saw them face off against each other, what, last week or the week before? So that, that could be playing a factor, too. The disqualification comes about. Randy Orton hits Drew McIntyre with the chair and presses it against his jaw. And then he punts Keith Lee. Orton cuts a do, promo. What? Do you think that this could be turned into a triple threat? I feel like if it was going to be, it would have already been announced because the pay-per-view is already happening. Why was if you why was if you go, don't get the payoff at the pay-per-view? I don't know how that would happen because it's like it's an ambulance match. Hmm, that's true. And Orton cuts that promo about having to leave in an ambulance, and he brought up how it doesn't just represent another match for him; it mm-hmm. represents his fourteenth world championship victory. So, mm-hmm. at, um, least, at least they're mentioning that, I guess. Yeah, that's true. 
We saw Asuka interviewed about Mickey James and Zelina Vega, but Billy Kay cuts this off, which I thought was a really good promo from her, which was then cut off by Peyton Royce, who uh, kind of stole uh, Billy Kay's spot here. She suggests herself to be the uh, the the next in line for a title shot after Billy Kay did all the work, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I thought was funny and and also good. Um, yeah, I, I like I like that they could still interact together without being together. Uh, well, it's there's goofiness, but we'll speak about that later yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we saw Zelina Vega defeat Mickey James to become the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Where to start with this match? I think, like, first of all, I think a good explanation for what happened last week with Mickey James would have been if Zelina Vega somehow got the referee to ring the bell. What do you mean? Like, because the match just abruptly ended and Mickey James has no clue. Nobody has any idea what the hell happened with Mickey James last week. Made no sense. They didn't even try to make sense of it this week. Yeah, maybe Zelina. I mean, Zelina Vega already poisoned exactly. uh, someone, so right. why not put it past her paying off a referee? Yeah. So the match itself very slow, very awkward. Yeah, this it just didn't do anything for me. But Zelina Vega, I'm like, um, I really do like. Yeah, you know, I mean, I like and both of them. I don't know if this is like maybe, like maybe this is a a new Mickey James gimmick. <laughs> that they're doing. They always stick her with weird stuff. Nah, I don't know if that's really a gimmick. But next up, you had <laughs> Bianca Belair uh, in a little uh, little hype video about her. Um, it was more of a, anything you can do, I can do better kind of a video where you had one of these. Um, did he even have a name or no? No. And it, enhance, uh, I don't know if he's an enhancement talent or just. It was just uh, her outworking a man and gym stuff. Yeah. Yeah, outworking someone. So to and me, that promo leads to her facing men and not women. That would be interesting. But I don't think that's yeah, going to be the case. I don't think that's it. But do you understand? But Does that not set that up to you? I could see what you're saying. I could understand that. But we also we also know her accolades. You know, she's, what, three-time combine champion? I, I'm not sure if it's three time, but yeah, those she's very much so shined, outshined yeah. a lot of people at the the combine. Yeah, she's she's an all star, you know. So I thought it was a good little uh, promo and stuff like that. I'd love to see her in action more. Yeah, well, I'm assuming that's going to be leading to that. But yeah, after this, we saw Akira Tozawa at the beach waiting for our truth uh, in the ocean. And R-Truth showed up with little Jimmy, who I guess is no longer incarcerated. Um, And then they did a shark gimmick, and R-Truth ends up dropping the title. Uh, It washes away, but he ends up getting it back later on, and I thought overall it was a funny segment to to waste some time with. Yeah, I agree with you, and I was very happy to see uh, little Jimmy, or not see little Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, very, very happy to see that take place. And and you had uh, Tozawa in the ocean too, right? Which was pretty funny. Uh, after yeah. that, we saw MVP and Cedric Alexander cutting a promo on Retribution. Cedric then turns his attention to Apollo Cruz and said that this match is going to be about him getting even for Apollo using him to get a title shot, 
And then Apollo Crews and Ricochet came out. Apollo brings up uh, the United States Championship, which I completely forgot was about to be a rematch at the pay-per-view against Lashley. Mm-hmm. But Apollo goes on to defeat Cedric Alexander. Hurt Business attack Apollo and Ricochet afterwards. There's literally nothing else to say about that. Not at all. Hurt Business's face, it, like their faces against Retribution, maybe, and then their heels against Apollo Crews and and, and Ricochet. A bit I, strange. I, I don't mind it, though. So I don't see them as faces against Retribution. I see them just as defending the um the brand i guess instead of really being like hey we're faces i feel like they're just defending the fort but like i mean retribution's not entirely wrong <laughs> so maybe they are the faces maybe <laughs> uh to group all the raw underground stuff together we saw dolph ziggler defeat arturo ruas in a really good match i know you were upset with the the fact that yeah. ziggler won I, I see it a little differently than you did. Yeah, I wanted to see Ruas win, especially because this is really his atmosphere. And I think that it yeah, would be good. but it's also Dolph Ziggler's atmosphere. Yeah, correct. But I feel like it could be a good way to start to build Ruas is... They did. They put on a this. fantastic match. So then next week he has to have his own match and win. Maybe. Ziggler right, like, ended up putting him to sleep, though. And that that's one of the... that's. I think maybe it's because he put him to sleep that kind of uh, irked me a bit instead of just him tapping or something. I feel like the passing out part, it just, I don't know. But after this, uh, Brianna Brady ended up interviewing Braun. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and Braun basically said that he's going to be taking all of Raw Underground, uh, all of the guys out, and he could take Shane out as well. But... uh, they calm him down, and then Riddick Moss has a match, and he knocks out Eric of the Viking Raiders, which is just like, which, what the f- Like, <laughs> it's so awful. But, hey, but then and, again, you, you complained about I Dolph know. Ziggler defeating Arturo Ruas, and now you're like, gosh darn it, why is Riddick Moss being built up? Because Eric is a Viking Raider. Yeah, but we don't know what I mean. We don't. We don't know what Riddick Moss's background is. Ah, stop making me a hypocrite. We barely, we barely saw him on Monday Night Raw. So (laughs) stop making me a hypocrite. I don't know. But the main event of Raw Underground saw Braun Strowman defeat Dabakato. And uh, you brought it up earlier. You didn't know where it was going to lead to with Kevin Owens and Dabakato. I wish. Kevin Owens showed up here to attack Dabakato. I don't know why they didn't have that. He should have showed up. Or at least to be watching on the outside and clapping for uh, Strowman at the end. But then again, at the same same sense, you had Aleister Black took him out earlier. So should he have really? I don't know. Very true. Very true. After that, we saw Seth Rollins show up with an envelope. Uh, he had a photograph put on the the Titantron of the Mysterio family, and he spoke about how their heights are off. <laughs> and he invites the Mysterios out, and Rollins said that Aaliyah is not Rey Mysterio's daughter. He had DNA results to show it. And then they show the clip of her checking on Buddy Murphy. Which I don't know what that explains. What? 
<laughs> her checking on Buddy Murphy. Uh, you know, I... it's like that. <laughs> oh, that's the smoking gun. Obviously, she's not a she's not a Mysterio because she checked. It, on well, him. no, because she didn't check on her brother first. She checked on Buddy Murphy, but like he was on the way into the ring. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she didn't go to the other side of the ring to do this it was like on yeah. the way but Rey Mysterio said that she's caring and compassionate and then told Seth Rollins that she's naive and knows nothing about their world oh. and Aaliyah gets pissed and she walks off they go after her and then later on we see Aaliyah saying that she's old enough to speak for herself and that she's there to support Dominic she repeated what Rey Mysterio said earlier about her being naive and she like storms off and then we see later on Buddy Murphy apologizes to Aaliyah, who was crying, for how out of hand everything with Seth Rollins has been. And as goofy as it may be to repeat the Who's Your Poppy storyline, I'm here for it. I don't know you who's going to end uh, up being Aaliyah's well, father or if it's just going to be like forged Hess results or something, but I still i am a fan of this Mysterio stuff. Call me crazy, but I am too. I really think that it's it's fun to watch. It's entertaining. Uh, Dominic doesn't even need to be good in the ring. It's just really the entertaining. Well, entertaining I mean, let's not say line. that because he is good in the ring. Yeah, but it, it's just the storyline of it all. And really, I, uh, the thing that really catches me with the storyline is who's going to be the one that turns on the family? You know, who's – or – if that even happens, like who's going to align themselves with Seth Rollins? Or it it'll just turn into uh, an Aaliyah and Buddy Murphy thing. It could. It could. Match up next, we saw Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defeat Natalia and Lana with the Riot Squad on commentary. Quick match. It was what it needed to be, I think. Yeah. Which I and, hate that it needed to be so quick, but... Yeah, then you had Jax do the uh, Samoan drop through the table spot again. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, another Nothing. another nice Samoan drop. Yeah. After this, Asuka picked up the victory over Peyton Royce, uh, but it was by DQ. Yeah, Billy Kay was in Peyton Royce's corner, and it's like you would assume that maybe we'd see Billy Kay be the one to cause Peyton Royce the match. Mm-hmm. But it was Zelina Vega that actually attacked Asuka, and I didn't see that coming. And I maybe I feel like I should have perhaps seen that. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I like but... I like Peyton Royce hitting the uh, the modified Widow's Peak. Yeah, I I'm always impressed with them, you know. Yeah, but this was fun. Main event saw the Hurt Business defeat Retribution. Via disqualification, all because uh, T-Bar, Dijakovic, attacked Bobby Lashley when Lashley had the master lock on. He wasn't I, He wasn't legal. I hate that rule. That makes no sense because we've had so many times in the past in WWE history where somebody has had a submission locked in on the opponent. And what does the other tag team partner do? They attack that person and break it up. I think it's, more importantly, though, the ref didn't even count when when Lashley, they were on the ropes. He was on the ropes. It should have been a broken uh, a five count or something. 
Yeah, yeah. T Bar was in the T Bar was all he was in the right to do that. Maybe, maybe hopefully they'll bring it up, you know. But, but retribution, I, yeah, retribution attacks them afterwards, and Drew McIntyre leads the locker room down for a brawl with retribution. And just when you think Monday Night Raw could be over, what do you know? An RKO out of nowhere. Randy. <laughs> Nailed so, it. Moving over to NXT, it opens up with a, uh, a, a bumper for Road Warrior Animal. We spoke about it earlier. Uh, I figured I would let you say some words now. Yeah, it's such an awful loss for the professional wrestling world. Um, I actually once met Animal um, back in his Legion of Doom 2000 days. Um, I met him with Draws at a McDonald's once. And it was really, really cool. And they were so uh, nice. Um, And also just growing up, Animal and Hawk... The Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, they're just iconic. Uh, you hear that that water rush. You hear, you see their wrestling styles. You see their face paint. You see the spikes. You knew who they were. Um, and, like, I wasn't a WCW fan growing up as a kid, but I knew Legion of Doom. I still recognized the, the spikes and everything like that. And one of the best things about this tag team was they were hard-hitting. They were rough and tough. And they were also opposites of each other. You know, you had Hawk more of like the high flyer aspect. I mean, not, let's not like, say high flyer. I, yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, he, flyer, I mean, he had, I wouldn't say high flyer, but he, he left the ground more often than animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While you had animal always going in there with this shoulder block and everything like that, the shoulder t- tackle. Um, yeah, but such great memories. And, such an awful, uh, awful loss for the wrestling world. But yeah, our thoughts and condolences go out to all family and friends, and it just, it just stinks. As for the actual show, uh, they end up showing a clip of right before this match begins. Candice LeRae attacks Tegan Knox's knee before her entrance, which I thought was fantastic selling by Tegan Knox. It brought me back. To the last time she was injured in the ring, with her like cries for for of pain. Mm-hmm. WW the news sites, by the way, I gotta say, I don't know what to believe. News sites are reporting that she might be out with a torn ACL. How I don't know, and I really hope that's like not I, true. I don't think so because when was her last match? I don't remember. I there was no sign of a tourney like she yeah, didn't tear hello, ACL during you could, the match. You could tear your ACL doing anything. Eh, my neighbor, really. I literally think my neighbor tore his ACL getting off of a bicycle. No, that's unless he stumbled forward. No, he it's literally really so got funny. off a bicycle and tore his ACL. No. Yes. Like no. That. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. So the ACL prevents anterior translation from taking place in that leg in that knee. With the femur and the uh, the tibia, it prevents that anterior translation. So with that anterior translation, when it's taut, you need some sort of a stumble, a push, uh, some sort of a force 
pushing you further into that direction to that because it prevents anterior translation. So if it's preventing it and if you had a big extreme force going further, that's where you get that tear from. So I'm pretty sure he tore it from getting off his bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe he, he's, he may have tripped when he was getting off. That could be the case, but I really <laughs> but, do hope that, that yes. Tegan Knox is not injured here. Um, I, I'm, and I'm, and that that's like the thing that they were do they were basing it off of the the injury report on WWE.com and they're saying it's a mix of of kayfabe and legitimate injuries. I don't think so. So I really do hope that's not the case and if it is the case I I mean that's gut-wrenching, man. If that's the case, I don't know who in the professional wrestling world has had worse luck than Tegan Knox. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and it's like you said, it's heart wrenching because this woman, uh, gives everything into professional wrestling and WWE. And we know how good she is and how much potentially she has, but every single time she is utilized, some sort of a freak accident takes place. So hopefully knock on wood, it's just, it's just a, a work, and everything is A-OK. The, the number yeah. one contender battle royal was won by Candice LeRae. Um, what, this match was awesome. You had a lot of um But it was, it was weird, though, because, yeah, so I didn't think we were going to get everyone that we got in that match because they only advertised 11 women, and I thought that was going to be it. Yeah. That, I'm, I'm with you. I thought that that was all that was going to happen, but they had a lot of random wrestlers in there. Um, a lot of them I wasn't able to recognize her name. Yeah. But I was a fan of this, and as a woman battle royal, this was great. Not taking anything away, but in comparison to like the women's Royal Rumble uh, that took place like a few years ago and last year, this and, battle and this royal... <laughs> Huh? Yeah, and this, this year. year. Um, but this battle royal, every single, every single wrestler was able to have chemistry with every single person in that ring. You know, like there wasn't point. Nothing stood out to me that said, "Wow, I'm falling off of this," or "This is slow." Like I was actually a big fan of this entire match. It seemed like it was going to be coming down to Rhea Ripley and uh, Raquel Gonzalez, since they were the ones eliminating everyone. Yeah. But it blows up during the match, and they both end up eliminating each other. Yeah, I mean... Casey Catanzaro had a uh, a few multiple spots where she continued to save herself from that, being eliminated. That one spot where she did a backward roll uh, to get back into the ring using her feet? Like, I... So awesome. It was so awesome. And then also to see her with her tag team partner work together. Yeah, Caden Carter. Yeah, with Carter. Um, it comes down uh, to Candice LeRae and Shotzi Blackheart. Candice and uh, Shotzi were on the steel steps and was it like a monkey flip of sorts. Yeah, yeah, she monkey flipped her off of the steps onto the. Uh, well, Candice monkey flipped Blackheart out of the ring. Well, yeah. I mean, sorry, on, onto the out, floor. Yeah, out off the steps. And overall, I, I enjoyed this match. Yeah, I am totally with you. And I was really – I liked the fact that there was wrestlers in this that we didn't know. You know? Yeah, we – yeah, of course, they weren't going to win. But it was still cool. I'm Well, 
You never know that. I, Sometimes there's new wrestlers. Look at uh, Santino Morello when he won the Intercontinental Championship. That's very true. But I think th- I think something to give them all credit is that for having so many wrestlers in the ring at the same time, it just worked really, really well. But next up, you had Tommaso Ciampa pick up the victory over Jake Atlas. Um, this was a fun, good match. There was actually a point during this match where Jake Atlas had Champa on the run. Yeah, he was going to do that catapult to that Champa normally does, and the ref says, "If you do this, you're disqualified." So he didn't do it, but Champa ends up. Maybe he should have. Yeah, Champa ends up hitting the Willow's bell and pins him for a one count and stops the pin. Then he continues to attack Jake Atlas and ends it after a fairy t- a modified fairy tale ending. Yeah. Um, earlier in the night, they showed a, or not, or, well, yeah, earlier, they showed a clip of, uh, Fandango as a British detective setting up matches for like number one contender matches. <laughs> I thought it was a really funny segment where Regal, I think yeah. Regal misunderstood everything that Fandango was saying. And then Danny Burch somehow was able to translate everything. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was really funny, but it sets up uh, Danny Birch and Roderick Strong teaming up to take on Fabian Eichner and Raul Mendoza, where the winners of this match will face the 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 teams will face each other, and then they'll face Brizongo, the winners. So the first match of this tournament, we saw Roderick Strong and Danny Birch team up to defeat Raul Mendoza and Fabian Eichner. Um, and I was really, I was really hoping that Roddy and and Danny Burch would win this because I 1000% could watch Undisputed Era versus, uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch for like hours. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. One of the things that surprised me was that the, the former champions didn't win this one. You know, I was surprised by that. Well, technically the former champions did win this. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, Roderick Strong's a former champion. Oh, but. yeah, well played. But like, um, <laughs> but then Raul uh, Mendoza is kind of. I, I have to see more from that tag team. You know, well, but I'm very yeah, happy with Birch. I, I, I don't. I don't know what. I, maybe they're just not going to do anything just yet with Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. Mm-hmm. But Roddy, uh, I, I'm assuming it's going to be Roddy and Bobby Fish. Yeah. Unless they throw us for a loop and it's Adam Cole. I don't know, Bob because Bobby Fish wasn't on this 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 week. That's true. But earlier in the night we saw Damian Priest being interviewed about facing Johnny Gargano at NXT Takeover 31 for the championship. It moves on to Austin Theory. Uh, and then later on, Austin Theory was interviewed right before their match, and Johnny Gargano gave him a pep talk. He wants, he's like, if you could maybe, you know, do something to prevent Damian Priest from being 100% at TakeOver. Yeah, trying oh, to get the... I remember that. Yeah, trying to get the upper hand on him. But, no. Yeah. Damian After, Priest ends up picking up the victory over Austin Theory. He I, hits that razor's edge on the apron, which I thought was cool, followed by the reckoning. Yeah, I like this match a lot. Um, I, I'm i such a huge mark for Damian Priest. 
And I thought that this was a good match, and I'm excited for this. And for jo- Johnny Gargano uh, attacked Damian Priest with a super kick afterwards. Mm-hmm. And later on, Io Shirai was being interviewed, which was interrupted by Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. And then Damian Priest showed up, leading all of them to being held back. A little brawl. It, uh, semi-brawl. And uh, we have a mixed tag match next week on NXT. Hey, sign me up. I think that that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, especially, I'm a we're, we're fans of everybody in this match. So I think it's going to be good. Uh, next up, you had a weird vignette of like someone returning on October 4th, which is TakeOver. Um, yeah. What, what were some of the things that you noticed in this video? I don't know if I'm seeing stuff or not, but I maybe it was a Wyatt family sheep mask. Huh. And then obviously they they break a glass with championships, championships in it. We don't know what titles they are, but it seemed like they picked up one title. I don't know and if they it- were tag team titles. Some I know there there's speculations of uh, well, right off the bat, a lot of people thought because there was a woman speaking, it would be automatically a woman. Yeah, that's that's my take. So there's Sonya Deville, who we haven't seen. Um, Ember Moon is a former champion. So uh, that is, I believe, the best pick is Ember Moon because I, I think that she's been out with an injury and everything like that. She's former champion, like you just mentioned. Uh, I think that Ember Moon is the most likely pick, if it is a female. But then there's Bobby Roode, who's rumored to be coming back soon, not necessarily necessarily to NXT, but he's a former champion. Bo Dallas is a former champion. Um, And then I saw people speculate that maybe this is Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler, because there were two titles there. Wesley Blake is a former champion. Hmm. Interesting. So we don't know. Uh, but after that, I'm looking forward to seeing who that, that person is. If it's not a disappointment. Yeah. Um, after I, that, no, you, you, you mentioned, uh, who was the other person? Uh, Blanchard. Oh, Tessa Blanchard was a, a big name being tossed around, which I, I think completely fits where it's like, I'm coming back for what I'm owed. She she had a stint. She was in the May Young Classic. She was featured as not an I w- I don't want to say an extra, but she was basically an extra. No, she was an enhancement talent. We should say mm-hmm. against other like signed NXT talent. What is what is she coming for? That's hers. Three of the four, or or uh, yeah, three of the four horse women. I said that weird horse women. don't really have claims to being part of that other than they were friends and they all grew up or came up together in NXT with Charlotte. Charlotte's father obviously was a a four horseman. Tessa Blanchard's father, Tully Blanchard was a four horseman. She has claim to that. So I don't know whether or not there's also rumors that Molina has re-signed oh, with WWE. No. Please no. Let her just let her hang outside or something. You know, we don't have to have her on TV. 
So after that, we saw Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, in a vignette about Santos Escobar challenging him to another match for the championship. Um, I don't know if this is going to be taking place at TakeOver 31 or not. I'm going to guess it's going to be a TakeOver match, but I mean, you have that, you had that mask, um, that tainted mask play a factor last time. So right. it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen next time. Next up, you had Ridge Holland pick up the victory over Antonio DeLuca. Uh, Ridge Holland, the former rugby player, he was a beast. Yeah, this match went exactly how you expected it to go, but I don't know why the crowd was booing him. The last time we saw him, he was being cheered. Oh, I I don't know. I I thought he was a heel. I didn't think so. He was being cheered the last time in my memory. I don't know. I, I don't know. I I thought that he was a heel when he was coming out and everything. He seemed heelish to me. I don't know. I just thought he was like a brute. But yeah, I I liked I liked his finisher and everything like that. And yeah, it it everything that had to happen happened. It was perfect. Main event was that Gauntlet Eliminator match which was won by Kyle O'Reilly who started the Gauntlet with Kushida. Uh, Bronson Reed was in third and then Velveteen Dream attacked Kushida and basically allowed Bronson Reed to eliminate Kushida. Timothy Thatcher was out next with uh, Cameron Grimes being in last. Kyle O'Reilly eliminates Bronson Reed. He eliminates Timothy Thatcher. Um, Grimes hits the cave-in thinking he wins, but Kyle O'Reilly gets his foot on the rope. Finally makes... Cameron Grimes tap. This I thought was a really good match. I totally agree with you. I think that there was everybody, everybody in this match. I wanted to see win to face Balor. And I think everybody in this match was going to put on a great, uh, would put on a great match with Balor. And overall, it was a lot of fun to be watching this. Um, I'm excited to see Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor. Yeah, and Kyle O'Reilly, in our eyes, has already proven he's already a proven machine when it comes to singles action. Yeah. Him versus Finn Balor could be one of the best matches in NXT history. Yeah. I totally agree. So that's that should be really cool. Next week on NXT, Shawn Michaels will be hosting a meeting between Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. Wonder how that's gonna end. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah. uh, moving on to NXT UK really quickly. Walter picks up a victory over Saxton Huxley. Um, and then we we move on to the Heritage Cup tournament where Sid Scala was alongside Pete Dunne picking numbers for to set up the matches. So in that tournament, we're going to be seeing Joseph Connors versus Dave Mastiff the wild card, we do not know yet. It's going to be a triple threat to determine the wild card. And I don't know if there's any possibility whatsoever, but do you think there's a possibility that Pac has left AEW and Neville will be coming back to NXT or no? That would be insane. Because they're uh, And they're no. facing Trent Seven, so it could obviously, it could be Tyler Bate or something, but I want, like, they're keeping this secret for a reason, right? There has to be, like, a huge name there. 
Why you really think? Pop no, I I don't know. I just or... have no idea. I mean, he's he can't wrestle right now. He's stuck in the United Kingdom. No, I'm. He's under contract with AEW. We don't know that, and it would be really stupid if AEW does let him go. But I don't know. There has to be. I I don't know. Maybe it is Tyler Bate. I just I I have Tyler, no idea. I think Tyler. Bate I don't know who probably... else would be in that match. There's a triple threat. There's three mystery people. But it's going to be yeah. the wild card versus Trent Seven, Flash Morgan Webster versus A Kid, and Alexander Wolf versus Noam Dar um, was going to, is going to be taking place. So those are the matches for that. Uh, we saw Pretty Deadly defeat the Hunt, which I want to see Pretty Deadly. These are teams that I we really don't know because I we have not watched a lot of NXT UK. No, not at all. But I want to see Pretty Deadly versus Brizongo 100%. Who is Pretty Deadly? It's Lewis Howley and Sam Stoker. They're like they're they seem like Brizongo almost to me. Sounds familiar. And then the hunt, obviously, not obviously to you, but it's wild boar and primate. <laughs> but the main event was for the NXT UK Women's Championship. You saw Kaylee Ray successfully retaining the championship, defeating Piper Niven. Um, there was a key spot where Kaylee Ray hurt her knee, and they went to carry her off, and she slapped the ever-loving heck out of Piper. And Piper slaps her back, and they continue fighting. So it was obviously a work spot. Mm-hmm. But Niven continues to work the knee and uh, went for a cannonball in the corner. But uh, there was a, no, once, yeah, there was an exposed turnbuckle, and Kaylee Ray was able to take advantage of that. And then we saw Ginny in the crowd. So I'm assuming that's going to be the next big championship I'm, match. I'm happy Ginny's back. Yeah. NXT you know, UK is is back in full force, so it's, no, it's I mean, awesome. Ginny was another one that had bad luck. Last time we saw her was on NXT, I believe, uh, where she got injured. I don't remember her like on yeah, US yeah, yeah. NXT. Yeah, she she got I, maybe was it the woman the the tournament? I think I'm not she sure. she ended up getting she got injured and. She wasn't able to compete and stuff, so it's good to see her back. Uh, but moving over to SmackDown, they had the Intercontinental Championship Ascension Ceremony kick it off where Sami Zayn ends up pushing the ladder into Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles, continues to uh, beat Jeff Hardy down, and then AJ Styles gets back in the ring. Sami runs off. Adam Pierce came out to make it uh, a triple threat instead of a one on one match for, for later on. Uh, and then Jeff Hardy ends the segment with a twist of fate. And they go into the match where Sami Zayn picks up the victory over AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy, which a bit goofy, perhaps to have them in a triple threat match right before they do this at a pay-per-view. But I assumed it was so that Sami Zayn could steal the win and brag about being champion. He stole the victory here. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles attacks them with the ladder afterwards and then climbs up to take the, the titles down. Yeah. We saw Otis and Tucker backstage being interviewed, which was cut off by Miz and Morrison, who, in, who was just antagonizing the situation that they're in. 
And Tucker brought up how it's not only, or how it's it's only the Miz on the the lawsuit. And John Morrison's like, wait, what? What do you mean? And Otis, he Tucker sends Otis into John Morrison and attacks him. And I thought that was great. And then it was pull a pull apart brawl. I totally, I thought that this was fun to watch. Um, and I'm just gonna say, apparently that Ginny injury was a long time ago. Apparently, I'm a year out. As in, like, like not even WWE or yes? No, no. She, she so she. What I was thinking, I guess at the one of the UK specials, she got injured on a spot where uh, to a dive to the outside of the ring. Oh, and yeah, I was thinking of that. But then last year in 2019, she was injured again. But I. Yeah, so I was just thinking of that. But yeah, back to SmackDown. After that, we saw Bailey come out and say that she doesn't even have time to think about Sasha Banks anymore, and she moves on to Nikki Cross and basically ends up threatening Nikki with a chair. And uh, it was a good promo, but that was it was a short, quick little thing. Mm-hmm. Next match we saw was Shinsuke Nakamura defeat Grand Metallic. I like the match. I wish it was longer. I feel like I always say that with Lucha House Party. Um, but Cesaro attacked Lince Dorado afterwards, and Kalisto just stood outside the ring. Yeah, nothing. He gets into the ring after Cesaro and Nakamura leave, and Lince gets pissed, and he pushes Kalisto. So they're clearly going to unfortunately be splitting up. <laughs> no, this is awesome, dude. We, I mean... If it leads to Kalisto versus Rey Mysterio, perhaps, but I don't (laughs) think that's going to (laughs) happen. I don't see that happening. But after that... No, it is going to happen because obviously Kalisto is the father. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think Kalisto might be like five years older than (laughs) Ali. Probably not, but... Uh, after that, they aired a Roman Reigns and Jey Uso video package with interviews from Rikishi, uh, the Wild Samoans, Afa and Sika, and Jimmy Uso as well. I loved that video package and them including the, the Wild Samoans and Rikishi. Uh, but it leads into Jey Uso coming out to hype up their match. He calls out Roman Reigns to speak, um... About the look. The infamous look that Roman Reigns gave Jey Uso last week. And Reigns didn't come out. They cut to Paul Heyman backstage. I almost said Paul Burchill for some reason. (laughs) But they (laughs) cut to Heyman backstage. And he said that the discussion will happen later on on their terms. It cuts into King Corbin versus Matt Riddle. King Corbin picks up the victory. I don't, I, it's just, Corbin is stuck in these feuds that desperately always seem to need to end. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And then Matt Riddle, I guess with this, I don't know, the interview after was just weird. Yeah, he said that he's going to keep going until SmackDown is the bro show. But even her question, uh, the question Ian was like weird. It was like, are you disappointed with how you wrestled tonight or something like that? Where it was just like, what? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. After this, we saw another, what I'm going to say, is a Carmella vignette. Untouchable, I believe. It, she was written out in lips. She wrote out in lipstick. Or Summer Rae. Yeah, Carmella. most likely the other one. 
Next match we saw was Lacey Evans pick up the victory over Alexa Bliss via disqualification. Lacey Evans controlled the whole match. For the most part. Bray Wyatt's laugh starts to play and they cut to commercial and then they come back. I'm like, okay, we're going to see Alexa Bliss in that trance. No. Which is, once again, it's like every time she hits that trance, they cut to the commercial, they come back. But they, and... she didn't even hit that trance. It was just, they, yeah. they kept going. And, uh, yeah. and then it was still all Lacey Evans. And then... Lacey misses her moonsault, and the Fiend's red lights flash on the screen with the music, and Alexa Bliss snaps. The Fiend appears, let me in. Alexa Bliss snapped during that match. So there's... Yeah. And then she goes, she leaves, and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman make their way out, and she's got her eyes hardcore locked on that Universal Championship. You want to talk about the look Roman Reigns was giving Jey Uso last week. This week, it's Alexa Bliss looking at that Universal Championship. Roman Reigns took the title from The Fiend. So, that to me, I liked that a lot. I was very happy with that. And I thought it was cool. And it wasn't like a quick thing. No, she was like, it was hardcore. She was like hardcore locked in on that Universal Championship. Yeah, it was as if the Fiend channeled her, you know? But Roman Reigns made his way to the ring and goes to speak, but Jey Uso comes out. Roman Reigns ends up saying that Jey Uso wouldn't know what to do with the WWE Championship and that it will never be him at the top of their family. It's always going to be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns leaves and Jay Jay questions, but what if you're wrong? He said, when people see you, they see the big dog. They see the main event. They say they you are Roman Reigns. When people see me, they say, which one are you? I mean, he's not wrong. This, I thought, was a fantastic promo by Jay Uso. Yeah, I totally agree. But once again, yeah, he's not wrong. And I then, mean, how many times? How many times do I say that on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And it ends with Roman Reigns hitting Jay with the Superman punch out of nowhere, and then basically yelling at at Jay. Yeah, telling him how this is for his family that he's he's the person at the head of the table, and it's never going to be him. I thought it was great. Um, but that's SmackDown. Now it's time to give some predictions for. Clash of Champions taking place at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida, the WWE Thunderdome. Uh, They announced the kickoff show match will be for the Raw Women's Championship. Asuka will be defending that title against Zelina Vega. Who do you got here? Oh. uh, I I don't think it's that difficult. (laughs) We're going to go with Asuka. Okay, I'll go with Asuka. For the United States Championship, Bobby Lashley will be taking on Apollo Crews. I'm saying Bobby Lashley. I'm going to go with Lashley. The Raw Tag Team Championships up for grabs. Andrade and Angel Garza look to capture those titles from the Street Profits. I'm saying Andrade and Angel Garza. I'm going to go with uh, Street Profits. 
for the WWE Intercontinental Championship in a triple threat ladder match. You will be seeing the current champion, Jeff Hardy, take on the former champion, Sami Zayn, taking on the former champion, AJ Styles. Gonna say Jeff Hardy. Hmm. I'm gonna go with... AJ Styles. For the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship, Cesaro and Nakamura defend the titles against Lucha House Party. I have to say, obviously, I don't think Lucha House Party is going to be winning this, so Cesaro and Nakamura. Yeah, Cesaro and Nakamura. The WWE Women's Tag Team Championships on the line, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on the Riot Squad. I can't see the Riot Squad winning this at all. No way. Not happening. I'm going with Shania Twain. Or yeah. Shania Payne, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all in. For the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Nikki Cross. I'm going with the champion Bailey. I'm going Bailey. WWE Universal Championship on the line. Champion Roman Reigns. T- Taking on his cousin Jay Uso. Gotta be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. And for the WWE Championship in an ambulance match, I'm gonna be seeing, I'm gonna be seeing, we're gonna be seeing <laughs> Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Randy Orton. I really hope Randy Orton does not win this. I'm going with Drew McIntyre. I will be disappointed if Orton wins, but I feel like Orton's gonna be winning. Uh I'm gonna go with Randy Orton. So, those are our predictions for Clash of Champions. Hey, Chris got a match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris back here with your match of the week. Match of the week this week is from SummerSlam 1992. And fitting to the circumstances that happened this week, it is the Legion of Doom versus Money Incorporated for... Bonafide Hall of Famers, I don't think Mike Rotundo is a Hall of Famer yet, but I believe he should be with all the gimmicks and everything that he's had in the career that he's had. Solid tag team wrestling on a outstanding card itself from Wembley Stadium. You had the full-on motorcycle entrance from Legion of Doom with Rocco and Precious Paul Ring in the beginning. By the way, super stoked that Rocco is getting an uh, action figure coming up soon. So go check it out on the network. Precious Paul Ellering leading the Legion of Doom to a victory over Money Incorporated. Now let's take the Brandon. And Brandon, who are you shouting out? I am Grover, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts. The first shoutout goes to Shit's Creek. I don't really tend to care about award shows, mm-hmm. but they swept all the comedy spots at the Emmys and I think they completely deserve it. I've spoken about this show before on the podcast. I've said, I've been praising this show for, for years now it's on Netflix. I highly suggest anybody listening to this. If you have not seen the show, check it out. I think it's a really good show. I've never seen it. It's so good. It's Eugene Levy. It's his son, Daniel Levy. Uh, Catherine O'Hara is in the show as well. So what um, is it like a dry humor like The Office? Um, some it's it, it's a mix of that. Mm-hmm. 
but it's about a family who is super wealthy and then they end up losing everything except for this town Shit's Creek, which uh, Eugene Levy's character bought as a joke gift mm-hmm. at one point for his son's birthday. <laughs> so they end up going to this because they own the town. So they like this is where they end up moving to, and mm-hmm. and then life unfolds. And it's, it's I think it's just such a good show. But uh, the next shout out now that it's autumn. I'm going to be giving a shout out to the Amok Candy Corn. Amok, Amok Cupcake. I will never, ever, ever give a shout out to Candy Corn. But the cupcake from Disney World that I ate around this time last year, uh, because it was such a good cupcake. I think it's probably being sold there again now if you want to go out during COVID to Disney World and pick it up. It's a chocolate cupcake with peanut butter chips inside and around it, there's caramel, so much more. It was one of the best cupcakes I've ever had. That sounds really good. Unfortunately, you can't have any, but... Nope. Uh, and then the last shout-out goes to Uncooled with Alexa Bliss. It's her new podcast. Uh, they have one special episode on the WWE Network with The Miz. I believe every other episode is... I, I don't know. Actually, maybe they will be on the WWE Network because we did see... Uh, video footage of her with Lance Bass. But I think she's a natural host, and it's a cool concept for a show. It's like, um, I don't know if you ever saw it or remember it even. WWE, back in 2002, 2003, they had uh, DVDs before they were superstars. Mm-hmm. And it would like go to show like what were the what were the superstars like when they were children. And this is like... Oh, I re- I remember that. So this is what to me this is what it's like because it's it just it's her discussing her childhood basically and how uncool she was. Mm-hmm. So I like that, and I thought it was a good episode. Miz just it was Miz showing how that he's like way too old and her being young because <laughs> mm-hmm. like nobody knew new kids on the block except yeah. for Miz. And then, and then one point he was like asking her what her favorite concert was. And she said, bowling for soup. He goes, bowling for soup. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) So I thought it was funny, but those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our is right our mark out moment of the week i marked out i marked out when retribution took their hoods off to reveal somewhat reveal their faces uh before the name thing happened (laughs) i thought it was pretty cool um outside of wwe though as if 2020 couldn't be any more weird or crazy Mm-hmm. Ken Shamrock is getting inducted to the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame and he tweets The Rock asking if he would record like an intro video for for the Hall of Fame. And The Rock agreed. Crazy. He's The Rock is about to be on Impact Wrestling programming, I think. And that's just like what? How did like that's just crazy. Uh, yeah. So uh, I i don't know if we're going to be seeing that. I don't know if it's going to be live on uh, on uh, a thing like, uh, what is it? The Impact app or something? Impact yeah. Plus? 
I don't know what it's going to be on. I believe it'll be before Bound for Glory next month, I think. Hmm. Or no, maybe in two months because they have the pay-per-view Victory Road first next month. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that I marked out for that. I don't know if you marked out for anything. Nah, not too much. NXT this week, but that's it. So that's our show, episode 503. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out on all all of our social media platforms. There's Twitter, there's uh, Instagram, there's YouTube, etc. Spotify podcasts, iTunes or Apple podcasts now. And uh, that's about it. We ProWrestlingTees.com says mark it out. We wish you the... the... Best, Best of, of luck, luck in your future, future endeavors. endeavors. Have a 